so we're in the final part of our series, Woke. Woke, the land of the long white cloud. And, and the word to be woke, it comes from a term of being aware of what's really going on in society. The, the undergirding, the, un, uh, the undercurrents that are going on beneath the surf, uh, surface of, of society, the injustice or, 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 um, or in some places uh, racism or, or all these kind of things, this undergirding things going on in society that we're unaware of. It's about being staying woke. It also means to be aware of something that you weren't aware of before, like Santa doesn't actually come down the chimney, right? I'm now I'm woke. Santa, I'm woke. It's actually was mum and dad who bought me these gifts. I remember uh, going somewhere and um, giving gifts to my nephews and nieces, and everybody wrote on their gifts from Santa. And they said, oh, how come you never put from Santa? And I said, well, Santa's not getting credit for the money I bought. I pay for this. I'm not giving Santa this. I'm giving credit to someone that doesn't exist. Anyway. That's just me. But <laughs> so stay woke. And this is what in this whole series we began this this journey. Really, God laid on my heart about our history, our past, our story as a nation, how the gospel came here. And I really didn't know anything about our past. I really didn't know much at all. And so and so God really laid on a heart about let's begin to have a look at our past. And as we began to look at how the gospel came to Aotearoa, how the gospel came to New Zealand, it's powerful. And, and, and it's, it's a story of hope. It's a story of grace and, and forgiveness. But at the same time, it's a story of pain and tragedy and betrayal. There's a real testing that came through the 1800s. And, 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 and when you have pain, pain takes, takes time to heal. And it's this whole thing. And because, because of this, it's mixed of this pain, tragedy, and betrayal, sometimes we just put a blanket over the past. And let's just pretend it didn't happen. Should we just pretend that didn't happen? Can we just move on? And, and, and here's the thing. It was a testing time in our nation. But you cannot have a testimony without a test. Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 says, And, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimonies. We have a powerful testimony in this land. It's our story. And it's a story that needs to be told. And it's the, it's the story of woke, to be aware of where we came from, the land of the long white cloud. And here's the thing, you know, when we have offense, sometimes, when you, has anybody been offended before? Anybody? Anybody? Okay, a whole bunch of normal people in here, which is great. We're all being offended. For whatever reason, my, most of my offense, when I get offended, happens when I'm behind a wheel. Anybody in the same boat? I'm a real nice guy. Get me behind that wheel. And, no, no, you know, you know, there's a lot of prayer. I've come, if you need prayer, we've got a prayer team here for that as well. It's taken me a long time. This is what I do now. This is what I say, you know. And, and for whatever reason, when someone cuts me off, uh, or they drive extremely slow, or they drive extremely fast up my backside, and I look at them. This is what I say. I, I say, okay, obviously they, they, they need to get somewhere really quickly. It might be urgent. I'm, I, I, think of, I think of people, not cars. People, not cars, and that's kind of helped me. And we kind of get offended. And sometimes we get offended, right? And it's like water off a duck's back. Okay, we didn't like it, but you know what? After the fact, we got over it. We moved on. It wasn't, okay, I didn't like what happened, but you know what? We moved on, like, water off the duck, duck's back. But other offenses wound us. They wound us. It's painful. 
Sometimes we're wounded by people we love, and it wounds us and it stays with us. Here, this is what, I, what is true of a wound. A, a, a wound that is not properly treated can kill you. Can kill you. We have to be intentional, intentional about treatment, treating a wound. And when, we, when we've been wounded by someone, especially someone we love, we have to be intentional about that. And the, and the only way that, that we can treat a wound like that is through forgiveness and reconciliation. And, and I hear people say to me all the time, well, Pastor Ants, I forgive all the time. I forgive, but I don't forget. I forgive, but I don't forget. You know what that tells me? That tells me that you don't really forgive. You don't really forgive at all because you've got a condition over, over why you forgive. And so the story that I, want us to be, that I want to be sharing today is our story. It's a story of forgiveness. It's an Aotearoa story. It's a New Zealand story. And it's a story that started this whole journey of woke. It's a, and, I, and I think it's how fitting that we end with how we started three years ago. And it's the story of Taurore. The story of Taurore. And uh, you will see some books along here. These are our gift to you. Grab it. Take it. It's her story. Just look at the pictures. Don't read it. Otherwise, you're going to hear my whole sermon. <laughs> take it with you. And as, and as you go, and if you see any others lying around, just pick them up. Take some more with you if you want. Um, that's how we got to this church. We came to this church, and um, we went to this event, and they said, come along to Elam. And they had, like, these little um, cards on the chairs, and they said, come along to Elam and um, hand it in. You get a free can of Coke. And we had five children at that time, so I went around collecting all the cards off all the chairs, seriously. And the only reason I turned up to church was to get free Coke. Honest, that's an honest story. And here we are today, we're pastors now. So who knows? You could become a pastor one day. Anyway, <laughs> free stuff. I love free stuff. So the story of Taurore, we're going back to the 1800s. In the 1800s, Chief Te Waharoa was a chief of Ngati Hoa. Ngati Hoa chief as a tribe within the Waikato region. Chief Te Waharoa, he, he, was, he was a warlord, a warrior, a, uh, and you did not mess with Te Waharoa. He didn't suffer fools. And, he was, uh, and, um, and what had happened was Te Waharoa invited missionaries to come and live amongst his people, which is kind of strange because he's this warlord. He's, he's this warlord, he's this general, and he invited missionaries to come. And people say that they couldn't understand why he would do this. Some say the reason why he did it was to get, gather intel from the missionaries who were able to travel between enemy tribes. Some say it was to gather intel. But you cannot deny that the Spirit of God was moving. and was moving through Te Waharoa in this situation, bringing these missionaries. And the missionary that came, his name was Reverend Alfred Brown. Reverend Alfred Brown, good-looking young fella. We've got a picture of him on the screen. Good-looking young guy. Um, and uh, he came along with his wife, Charlotte Brown. When they were, and he set up his missionary station in the Matamatapa. Today it is known as Waharoa. So Waharoa is the old Matamatapa. So he sets up a, a missionary uh, station here, and the, tree, the chief of, the, of that pa, the chief of that pa was Te Waharoa's cousin, Ngākuku. And Reverend Alpha Brown was really surprised because Ngākuku comes up to Alpha Brown. This is the, his first day arriving. And this, his first request to uh, Alpha Brown is, teach us to read this Bible. Teach us to read this sacred book. And he was really surprised. And he, he never thought in a million years that the first request was for, for them to be taught to read the Bible. So the next day, he, he gathered all those who wanted to, to learn, adults and children, all together. He didn't have books. He didn't have 
blackboards or whiteboards or data projectors. I know, even back then. So he didn't have any of that. What he did have was a stick. And he went down to the, down to the riverbed. And he began to articulate the te reo, the Maori languages into, the, to, in, into words. For the very first time, they began to see their language in written form. And it took them three months to learn to read and write. Three months. Adults and children to, lead, to learn to read um, um, their own language, Maori, to read and write. Three months. After a month later, Chief Ngākuku comes up to Reverend Brown and says to Reverend Brown, Reverend Brown, I want Jesus to be my chief. I, I'm, turning my, I'm, I'm turning away from my old life and I want Jesus to be my chief. He had no idea that on the same day his daughter, Taurore, went to Charlotte Brown and said exactly the same thing. Now, Taurore, she was amazing. She was a child prodigy. She had this amazing ability to memorize, and she memorized the book of Luke, memorized it off by heart. Reverend Brown gives Ngākuku the, the, um, the translation of the book of Luke, Te Rungapai Oruka, gives him the book. And Ngākuku gets the book, writes his name in it, Ngākuku, and he gives it to his daughter Taurore. Taurore makes a kite, places the Bible inside the kite and, and carries it around her neck because it was her tonga. This was her treasure, the her tonga, her most prized possession. And so when Reverend Brown would travel around the different tribes, Ngākuku would come along and Ngākuku would begin to preach and begin to preach the, the name of Jesus. And Māori would come to know Jesus as their chief for the very first time. So in the region, there was, there was a revival happening. Ngākuku was preaching the gospel. Taurore would, be, uh, would travel with them and she would begin to, to, from memory, recite the book of Luke from memory. And it would say that about two to 300 people would gather to hear her recite the book of Luke. It was beautiful. It was amazing. The message of peace, the message of hope was new. But war was brewing. War was on horizon. There was a, a war beginning between Ngati Hoa and Aruturua tribe, Te Arua. War was brewing. That, so Reverend Brown and, uh, relocated his mission station to Tauranga. They, they were advised, you need to move because war is happening. It's not safe for you here anymore. So he moves to Tauranga. Ngākuku decide to take the children. You know, we need to take the children to safety as well. So they decide to head over the Kaimai Ranges. On the way to the Kaimai Ranges, they camp out at Wairere Falls. And they're camping at Wairere Falls. And you can imagine as they're camping, their Taurore, bringing out her Bible, begins to read it to the children there. As they, as they have their camp, their Taurore goes to sleep, puts, puts her Bible back into a kite lays down under a tree and goes to sleep. Not long after that, a war tribe from Te Arawa were heading and they spot the, the fire. They attack, they, they attack their campsite. Ngākuku in the confusion grab all the children, grabs the son, and they run up the Kaimai Ranges for safety. But where was Taurore? When it was safe to return, as they headed back down, they found Taurore still under that same tree where she went to sleep laying dead. I don't know about you, if you've ever lost a loved one before, if you've ever lost your, your own son or your own daughter, I don't know how I would feel if that was me discovering my daughter 
laying slain there, 12 years of age. Taurore. Now Kuku picks her up and carries her all the way back to the Matamata Pa. At the Pa, they mourn Taurore. Her tongue lasted for several days. The men of the tribe began to cry, Utu, 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 Utu. See, Utu does not mean revenge. Utu means to bring balance. There's a cost. A cost must be paid. A life for a life. Utu, Utu, revenge. Banga Kuku, remembering the words of Jesus. Luke chapter 6, verse 27, verse 28. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. You know, when Jesus uttered this word, love your this is revolutionary. There's nowhere in history you will ever hear words like that. Love your enemies. I don't know about you. Does anybody have anybody that you can think of right now that you are not on speaking terms with? Because if you're not on speaking terms with somebody, that's your enemy. And Jesus says, love your enemies. With what? Even the person that killed my daughter? Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Do we do good to those who hate us, or do we just repay hate for hate? Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Reverend Brown records the words of Ngākuku at the Tangi. There lies my child. She has been murdered as payment for your bad conduct. But do not you rise up to obtain satisfaction for her. God will do that. Let this be the conclusion of the war with Rotorua. Let peace be now made. My heart is not sad for Taurore, but for you. You wishful teachers to come to you, they came. And now you are driving them away. You are weeping for my daughter, but I am weeping for you, for myself, for all of us. Perhaps this murder is a sign of God's anger towards us for our sins. Turn to him. Believe, or you will all perish. Wow. I don't think I'll say words like this out of tongue. You need to understand the significance of what was happening right here. The significance, this, this is history changing. History changing. What seems impossible to man is not impossible to God. Reverend Brown will comment that it was only by the power of the Holy Spirit in Ngākuku that brought about forgiveness and peace. See, three years ago when we began this journey, we visited, we visited the past site. We visited the, the grave site. And the komatoa there, mokoroa. This is what, this, this is his words. This is mokoroa's words when he's telling us we're, we're standing by her gravesite and he's retelling us the story. 
And this is what Mokoro said to us. He said, how he was able to stop Utu, this is talking of Ngākuku, this is, this is the Komato today, thinking back to what happened back then. How he was able to stop Utu, revenge, when this was our way of life. This was our Ten Commandments. This is tikanga. This is our way of life. This was impossible, and yet he achieved it. Utu, to bring balance, paying the cost of sacrifice. Nakuku considered the Utu, the cost, that it was already paid in full. Jesus was the Utu. He paid the cost. Here's a little video of our little trip to Taurore's final resting place. So here we are at, so at Taurore's resting place. This is the site where her father Ngākuku carried her all the way back to her pa in Matamata here um, all those years ago. Um, and even being on the site, you can feel the emotion and you can imagine how they would have felt, you know, for revenge. Um, even today, it doesn't, it doesn't kind of make sense. What happened on this site was really history stopping, uh, especially for the people of this land to take revenge. But for Ngākuku to say, we will not take revenge, it's history stopping. Um, and it only shows the power of the Holy Spirit that was in Ngākuku. And it was through Ngākuku it brought the uh, reconciliation of the person that took Taurore's life. And, but you only, that can only happen through the love of God. So this is the area, and this is where the story began with the gospel being spread from people to people. And the story of Taurore and the people of this land. This will never be forgotten. And we know that the power of God is still alive in each one of us, even today. So here we are at Tarore's resting place. Big thank you to my uh, camera operator, um, wife, Poro. <laughs> you know, someone um, said earlier about all the work she does. She really does do all the work around here. Someone um, was here visiting my daughter, and they asked something, and said, oh, my mom's got to organize, got to get a permission from her. And then they say, what, isn't your dad the senior pastor? Well, my dad's the head, but she's the neck. <laughs> we're going this way, then the neck turns. No, we're going this way. <laughs> now, um, thank you so much, Paul. We love you so much. And yeah, you're right. I am so lucky to have you in my life. There you go. That's great. Get some brownie points when I get home now. <laughs> okay, we Uita. Uita. Uita led the war party, and Uita was the one who actually killed Taurore. He led the war party and he killed Taurore. Uita ripped the kite around off her neck, heads back to his pa. He rips open the kite. What he was expecting to find was ponamu or um, some, something valuable. Because this was, this was, you know, tonga. This is what you carry around your neck, tonga. But what he found was a book. In his disgust, he throws it to the ground. He, he couldn't read. He throws it to the ground. For whatever reason, he couldn't bring, bring himself to destroy this book. So it just stayed in his whare. 
Ripaho was a slave from up north and, and, and uh, he was being released. And he was heading back to his home in Ōtaki. Now, now Ripaho, as a, as a slave, part of his job was to take the, 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 the children from the pa and take them to the missionary house where they'll learn to read and write. And they taught them to read and write using Te Reo from the, from the Bible translation in Te Reo. And while he was there, he learned to read and write. And at the same time, he gave his heart to Jesus. He gets released. He's heading back. And on his way back, he stops off in Te Arawa, stops off in Rotorua. And he ends up in Uita's house. While he's in Uita's house, he's looking and he sees the gospel of Luke. And he's, he's amazed. And he says to Uita, you've got a sacred book in your house. And he goes, I have? It's, this is a sacred book. This is the Bible. And Uita says to Ripaho, Ripaho, read me this book. So night after night, Ripaho begins to read to Uita. And Uita, after hearing the message, he begins to say this, these words. They're like a message just for me. Have you ever felt like there's something? You're in church or wherever, and you feel like someone's speaking directly to you. This is a wita. And, he te- and, he te- and especially these words. But to you who are willing to listen. Is there anybody willing to listen today? It's one thing to hear words. It's another thing to be willing to listen. So Jesus makes it clear. To all those who are willing to listen, not just just hearers, but those who are willing to listen. I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Uita is so moved. He turns to Ripaho and he says, and he says, Jesus, this Jesus, his mana. Is so great. I want Jesus to be my chief. But before I can make Jesus my chief, I need to find this girl's father and ask for forgiveness. Now you got to understand something. For him to even say that meant meant that he's risking his own life because Utu, a life for life, this is going to cost him his life. He sends a message to Ngakuku. And asking for forgiveness that he can come and meet with them. He has no idea what's going to happen. He, accepting that he will die, if he, if he dies, he dies. But Jesus is his chief. And the local retelling of their meeting, this is, this is what they say in this local retelling. As the men approached one another, tears were shed. And they embraced. After Uita humbled himself and repented, peace prevailed between the two men, and a church was built to honor the message which brought about this reconciliation. Reverend Brown will record in his own journals. In the evening, they were engaged together in worshiping God at their prayer meeting and were apparently on the most friendly of terms. And I love how Alfred Brown as he begins to record his last entry of their meeting, he says this, Who but the Christian loves their enemies? The story of Taurore and her copy of the Gospel of Luke. Ripaho 
takes the copy of Taurore. And as he begins to journey down to the lower part of the North Island, back to Otaki, he goes from tribe to tribe, preaching from the book of Taurore, telling the story of Taurore, preaching the gospel. Tribe after tribe, life, Māori began to turn to Jesus, hearing of this, this man with great mana. He goes all the way down to Otaki. There, two warriors hear the gospel. Their lives are so transformed by the story of Taurore and the gospel that they head all the way up north to seek help, to find missionaries to come and begin to teach them the Bible. And they find and they, they, they seek the help of Octavius Hadfield, who we heard about last week. It was through the story of Taurore and her gospel that brought about Octavius Hadfield coming to the lower North Island. And what's even more astonishing is that when missionaries began to travel down to the lower North Island before any other European missionaries had even arrived, and even to the South Island, they were astonished to find Christians everywhere. That within these paths, they had already set up their churches and they were already having their church services before they even came. In fact, this is what, it's, what the people would say. The Tangata Whenua say this, the missionaries brought Christianity to this country. But it was our people, it was our people who gave it to each other. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. You know how I hear some people, how people, how I hear how people interpret this this verse. This is how I this is how I hear them do this. They say, "Well, I forgive you, but you did this to me, you did that to me, you did this to me, you did that to me, but I forgive you." And what, what what's just happened there? They've just vomited all over them. We use this verse as excuse to vomit over somebody. Next time someone comes up to you and says to you, "I forgive you, but," This is what you need to do. Put on a raincoat, put an umbrella up because they're about to vomit all over you. See, here's the thing. When we say to somebody, well, you know what? I'm only going to forgive them when they say they're sorry. When they apologize, then I will forgive them. Do you know what that is? That's utu. Forgiveness with condition. They've got to bring a balance when they've, because you've, oh, this is my balance. This is the cost that they've got to pay. They've got to apologize. When did Jesus forgive you? When he hung on the cross. What was his words? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He's not just talking to the, to the people at the cross. He's going right down through the generation because it was our sins that put him there. He forgave us when we're still cursing his name. He forgave us even when we're spitting in his face. Even when we turned our backs on him. He died for you anyway. He forgave you anyway. He didn't wait for an apology. If he waited for an apology for you, he would never have died. But to you who are willing to listen, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those 
who hurt you. See, reconciliation happens when you make a conscious decision to let go of the offense. Go and find your brother or your sister and say, I'm sorry. Do not let offense build a fence around your heart. Do not let offense build a fence around your heart. See, reconciliation doesn't just change, doesn't change your past. It doesn't change your past. You know what it changes? It changes your future. Is anybody holding on to bitterness? Is anyone holding on to an offense? Because if you're here and you're saying you're holding on to an offense, you're fooling yourself. Because you're not holding on to offense. Offense is holding on to you in a trap. The power that breaks the bondage of bitterness and offenses is forgiveness. It's time to forgive. It's time to bring down the fence. Go and reconcile. Don't go and vomit over someone. Go and reconcile. I'm sorry. Do you forgive me? That's what Ngākuku did. I don't know, eh, you know? Can you forgive someone who, who murdered your daughter? Well, that's what Ngākuku did. And by bringing forgiveness and reconciliation brought about the transformation of the gospel throughout Aotearoa. Do you want to see transformation in your life? Bitterness doesn't change the past. Offenses don't change the past. Reconciliation doesn't change the past. But what reconciliation does change is your future. It's time to bring down the fence. Taurore died on the 19th of October. 1836. As we read earlier from Reverend Brown's journal. In the evening, they were engaged together in worshiping God at their prayer meeting and were apparently on the most friendly terms. Who but the Christian loves their enemies? Do not let offenses build a fence around your heart. Let us pray.